up, everybody? You're listening to the Marketing for the Uninhibited podcast. I'm your host, virtual marketing coach and fellow creative soul, Miranda Rodriguez. In this podcast, you'll get expert marketing guidance that you can implement on your own, and you'll learn how marketing your business can be simple, doable, and fun. Welcome back to the Marketing for the Uninhibited podcast, episode number 122. Today, I have a very special guest on the show. She is someone my best friend Kate introduced to me years ago, and we've both been following her blog, making her recipes, and watching her family grow ever since. I invited her to be a guest on the podcast because she is promoting a new book, a new cookbook that I'll talk about in just a moment. Um, But she is also an entrepreneur, a mom of two, and she's here to discuss saving time, money, and energy when it comes to cooking dinner. Now, I know not all of you are the ones doing the cooking in your household, um, but I do think this episode is for you if you struggle with finding balance at home, if you have turned a creative outlet into a business, if you've got young kids and you're trying to figure out the rhythms and the seasons of your business and your personal life, and in general, if you're a fan of hers or cooking or meal prepping or just trying to eat healthy with a a busy schedule at home. So without any further ado, let me introduce today's guest to you. Cassie Joy Garcia is the best-selling author of Cook Once, Dinner Fix, Cook Once, Eat All Week, and Fed and Fit, as well as the creative force behind the popular food blog, Fed and Fit. Eager to share her healthy living secrets with the world, she started Fed and Fit in 2011. Since then, she became a holistic nutrition consultant and transitioned her personal blog into a tremendously supportive and nimble online wellness editorial. Backed by a small but mighty team of writers, researchers, and editors, after realizing that her own struggles to get a healthy homemade dinner on the table overlapped with the same struggles experienced by her readers and many of you here, my listeners, she decided that there must be a better way. The Cook Once method was born and it has revolutionized how people cook. She lives in San Antonio, Texas with her husband and two children. I am just so excited for you to hear this interview. I hope you get as much out of it as I did just having this conversation with Cassie. She is so sweet and genuine and I really admire her as um, a businesswoman, an entrepreneur, a mom, and all of those things, especially as I've been able to watch her grow her business and her family over the past few years. So let me know what you think of the episode. Send me a DM or leave a review wherever you are subscribed to the podcast. And I will be back with you soon. So I'll, I'll do a quick introduction now that we already started talking, but Today, my guest on the Marketing for the Uninhibited podcast is a very special one. Uh, My best friend, Kate, and I, we just love Cassie Joy Garcia so much, and she's here to talk about saving time, money, and energy with her new cookbook, Cook Once, Dinner Fix, which is out September 14th. So welcome to the podcast, Cassie. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, I'm so excited to talk with you today because... 
I feel like, well, first of all, I need to show everyone that this is like proof that I'm a fangirl. So this is your older cookbook. And then this is like all of our favorite recipes. I love it. And we just have them highlighted and like, we like to take turns and pick, you know, each one pick out a recipe for the week. And so it's really fun. Oh, I love that. Yeah. So tell me about like your themes for this. Obviously you're an entrepreneur, you're a mom and a dog mom and a wife and all of the things. So what was that? What inspired the themes for this book was saving time, money, and energy. Yes. You know, I don't know. Decision fatigue is something that I think about a lot, right? And it's not just about decision fatigue, but just, and also time being limited. And I mean, and then wanting to stick to a budget when it comes to getting food on the table, I just found that I was constantly the, one of the things I was running up against over and over again was mealtime. Like it was, (laughs) it was a conflict in all of those areas, right? I was constantly having a hard time not letting my budget just run wild, right? My grocery bill run wild. Right. I was having a hard time not letting it be take up essentially be feel all consuming in terms of time. And then the amount of planning and thought and mm-hmm. re and replanning and rethinking because inevitably the week is going to get shuffled a little bit, you know, no matter how well you plan and having to redo that. I was just exhausted by it all. And then like you said, having running a business and then having especially the small children. I have a three-year-old and one-year-old at home. And there's something about that hour before dinner is when they just need me the most. It's when they need yeah. mom. And it's when they're just, you know, it's it's hard, the hardest time I feel like to pull myself out to go and just focus in the kitchen and cook. Even though I love cooking, it was an unenjoyable process for a while. And so I just right. thought there's gotta be a better way. So how do you navigate, because you said it wasn't an, or it wasn't an enjoyable process for a while. And that's what I found. So, um, my fiance and I've been together now like three years and he has a six year old. And then we have a puppy who was like nine months and I used to love cooking. Like I would put some music on and pour a glass of wine. And like, that was a self care activity for me. And then when you add all of those things and like, you know, coming home from work and then timing with bedtime and making sure everyone's fed. It just, it became so miserable. Like I really resisted it. So how did you, I mean, aside, so you have your book and you have that, but can you elaborate on that process for you a little more? Like, have you found joy in the cooking again? I have, I really have. And a part of that joy comes in, you know, when you're getting ready to make a meal or you're like, okay, I bought all the groceries to make this thing and I was planning on making it on Tuesday night and it's all from scratch. Mm -hmm. And there's just this sense of, I don't mean to doom and gloom it, but there's this sense of dread sometimes. Yes. And pressure. Yes. Like it's been, it's been a day. Like maybe it's Mm -hmm. been a day. Today has been a day. I would tell you like my car didn't start this morning. My husband was out of town last night and I was up holding a baby for seven hours. Like it was just a day. And if, and my mom is going to come over and make me dinner tonight, bless her heart. But you know, if this were, if I had had a day like that and so many people do, right. And you still also are making supper tonight. There's this, 
oh gosh, well now I also have to go and make this meal that I planned on making because I bought the groceries and I need to use them before they go bad. And then you get there. I already have a bad attitude, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm, I open up the recipe and then I'm like, well, I have to go find these four spices. Yeah. (laughs) rummage for everything and inevitably you're out right something is not totally complete yes exactly my sis my daughter uh likes to season popcorn and with what she calls sprinkles which is just see something from the spice drawer and so we're usually you know we'll be out of like oregano or something um anyways and so just pulling it together it feels like such a chore so what i found was how do I avoid that feeling of dread come dinner time? Mm-hmm. And by having the meals already organized and simplified, and also knowing that tonight's efforts don't end here, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, especially in this dinner series concept. So as these two dinners pair together and cook one's dinner fix, for example, you make this first meal and it's not over. You know, you're not just washing the dishes and you're like, well, great, God, everybody enjoyed that for 17 minutes. If right. it's that long, yeah. um, you know, and you cooked and then you're washing everything you feel like in sight, or that's at least my routine. And so what I've found is like, that helps make it feel so much more fun and so much more doable. And like, you know what, it's, there, it's not the sense of dread because I get the opportunity to get ahead tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I get the opportunity to do future me a favor. Yes. Um, and, and also with that come like some fun little hacks, like storing all of the ingredients for the dish in a single bin in mm. your refrigerator. So for example, and this is something that I'll do not, at, not perfectly, but when I'm really on my game, I will get home from the grocery store because usually, or if groceries are delivered to you, however you like to get food into your house, mm-hmm. um, I, when you get your groceries, it's probably fresh in mind mm-hmm. what those groceries are for, yes. right? Yes. It's top of mind, but you give it two days, <laughs> you're going to forget, right. right? You're going to forget that, oh yeah, that uh, chili verde is going to make calls for a can of beans. <sighs> right. Right. And then when you're ready to make it, it's not until you're looking through the ingredient list and you're like, oh yeah, oops, I have to go find the beans. Yeah. And so what I found is that by storing all of the ingredients, beans included in a bin or a bowl or something in the refrigerator, mm. the dry goods, it helps make that so much easier. So when I've had a day you know, and I'm coming home and I still want to make this meal because the ingredients are set to be made today. Yeah. And all I have to do is grab the bin, may, whip this up and also know that I get to fold some of this effort forward into a future dinner. I love that idea of putting it all in the bin because that is, so we did HelloFresh for a while and even with the groceries, yes. Like we, so we use your first cookbook religiously. And then it got to a point where I was like, I don't even want to grocery shop. And we have the opportunity to be able to like order HelloFresh. Mm-hmm. So we tried it and it just like, even still, I would find that I was, it was taking me double the time, like double the suggested recipe time to do everything. And I'm like, what is taking so long? And it was the back and forth and the like, yes trying to, you know, gather all the ingredients and then make sure I had like the, the right utensils clean, you know, do I have the big enough pot clean and like getting it all together. And I think what's so interesting is, so this is a marketing podcast generally, but Mm -hmm. we talk a lot about like batching your content, which I'm sure you're familiar with Mm -hmm. for your own work. And it's, it seems like you could 
this is almost like batching your meal prep. So like one day you would do, maybe one day you pick out like the recipes and then one day you do the grocery shopping and like organizing what the ingredients into the baskets or the bowls and then you cook and then you, you know, and like, it's, it's a process. And I think, I mean, I'm a planner, (laughs) you're a planner. I built a business around being a planner and Um, so to me, that sounds like that sounds really good. And I know that it makes me feel really good on Sunday night to know like, okay, we've got a plan for the meals for the week. I like to cook on Mondays before anyone gets home. Like I cut the day early from work so that I have an hour to like, enjoy the process. (laughs) That's so smart. And then, you know, and then we, we go, I go pick up the kid from school and like the dog from doggy sitter, and then we can just like eat and not have to, and clean up, of course. Mm -hmm. Um, So for people that don't like planning, yes, is this helpful for them? I think it is helpful because I tried to do as much thinking for you as possible. And so hopefully it is really just, um, you're, you're like, oh gosh, I got to order groceries, you know, and you can just flip to a dinner series that looks appealing to you and then grab those groceries, you know? And so the, the planning, hopefully the, the heavy lifting is already done. So these meals are not, they're not just main proteins. It's not just like, here's how you make a great barbecue brisket. It is. So as a holistic nutritionist, not that all of these are I'm not claiming them all to be like Uber health foods by any stretch (laughs) of the imagination, but they are going to be nourishing and balanced plates. Mm -hmm. And so know that that thought was already put into it because even if you're, if you're not a planner, it would be a gift. And it is a gift to me um, to be able to just look at this and say, Oh, okay. The sides are already chosen. I know they already are going to go with this dish. I know I don't have to think about it. I know it's going to be a balanced meal. And also if you're, catering to different dietary restrictions, for example, Mm -hmm. whether in your home or if you're hosting other people, it's also nice to have that thinking done for you as well. And so I have, we really put in the extra, and I say we, because there's a team at Fed and Fit that I get to work with that helps make all of this possible. Um, But we have an index at the back of the book where we have all the diet, most common dietary restrictions Mm -hmm. listed, dairy-free, egg-free, grain-free, nut-free, you name it. And that way, hopefully you can just skim, scroll, find the dairy-free ones and say, here, these are the ones I can make, flip to one that looks appealing to you and then pop those ingredients into your shopping list and it's done. Yes. I love that. I have even taken your cookbook to the grocery store. (laughs) I used to do that. (laughs) It's so helpful because I feel like that saves me a step of like writing out a grocery list. And then, you know, I'm just like, well, we'll just do it, you know, in the store, it'll be fine. And what I also like about, your recipes, like you said, they're balanced. And so there's something for everyone. So my stepdaughter, she goes back and forth with wanting to eat meat and not. Um, And she is very experimental. So she will try everything. And she loves like fruits and veggies, but she's also a purist. So she, if we have tacos for dinner, she wants them all separate, like everything's separate. And she wants plain pancakes or oatmeal or, you know, and so I think what's helpful with these recipes is to know that it's balanced. So even if she's having a night where like, she's not going to eat meat, that's fine, but she will still get some other nutritional value. And there will be something else on her plate that I know she will eat. And so I love that. So do your kids, were they a part of the taste testing process? 
Oh, big time. The, uh, as is my husband and my, <laughs> I wouldn't say that this crew is, they're the pickiest eaters ever, but they definitely are picky, you know, and yeah, husband, tough audience. It is. And my <laughs> husband, I mean, he'll tell me he'll be eating it. And I'll just say, what do you think? Every, everything I make is, what do you think? And he will be like, Oh, this is just not your best thing you've ever made. I'm like, okay, I guess that one needs more work or yeah. we're, we're scratching it. Um, our girls will eat a lot of different foods, but it's interesting. Their ages right now, three and one, they, I like to offer them deconstructed meals, you know, because I think that it's easier for them to really see and understand that there's, let's say if it's a beef stew, for mm-hmm. example, um, Whereas my husband and I might really enjoy a big bowl of beef stew with a crusty piece of bread on the side that may not be very appealing to the girls because it's essentially like a mystery bowl, Yeah, (laughs) you know, like what is in in there? Uh, And they're also probably not going to ask me, you know, is there garlic in here Um, or whatever it is. And so on their plates, I'll pull out the stewed carrots and I'll pull out the stewed meat and I'll pull out the potatoes and kind of list those all as separate, put a piece of maybe a little cheese or some fresh and always some kind of fresh fruit, but like some easy wins for them mm-hmm. to think through. But so I, I presented the meals through the book, through that lens, kind of how can I get this to work for our family? And that was something that was really important to me. And there's some food in there that's a little spicy. I'm actually going to make one later this week. It's this adobo uh, beef, roasted beef mm. uh, with this really yummy spice rub. And Every once in a while, my kids just surprised me. They loved it. They gobbled it up. Wow. Never know. Yeah. No, it is surprising what they'll try and then what they end up liking. I'm I'm usually surprised by, her name is Rebel, by Rebel's choices too. Um, So do you, when it comes to like, to budgeting for your grocery list, Mm -hmm. how, I mean, that is not like a concept I have mastered by any stretch of the imagination. So do you have any, or just maybe like the whole grocery process? Like if someone that's having to go and buy their, you go Mm -hmm. to the grocery store, um, do you have any tips or suggestions for like budgeting and planning that part of it? Yes, absolutely. So, you know, and speaking of batching your work, which I'm a big believer in batching everything Everything. in my life. Yes. And, and I typically resist systems. My personality resists systems, but I know, isn't that interesting, but I also see the benefit of batching things together. It becomes much more efficient that way. And so when it comes to budgeting, I usually batch this effort by sitting down and thinking about building budgets out for everything in our life. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Or at least everything that would make sense to touch with a budget. And then setting aside a budget for food and groceries and things like that is setting the intention of how often do we want to eat out? How often do we want to cook from home? You know, because that'll really influence the grocery budget. And then whatever that number is, working with what I have, I like to prioritize my dollars on the things that are going to be the most nutrient dense. Mm -hmm. So if it's possible for you, for example, to prioritize high quality fats, that would be number one for me. That's where I would splurge for the grass-fed butter mm-hmm. and the organic olive oil, mm-hmm. yep. for example. You know, and it's because those ca- carry a larger nutritional bang for your buck. Um, other things that I think about prioritizing are eggs. Um, if you eat eggs, they 
when you look at the cost of pastured eggs versus conventional eggs, the sticker difference can be jarring between mm-hmm. the two cartons. But if you think about it, even the more expensive one, it's still a more affordable, high quality protein yes. per serving, right? Right. Uh, when you're comparing it to, let's say, like grass fed beef. Mm-hmm. And so it starts to kind of move. I move through the grocery store like that, you know, and I think about where can I get the most bang for my buck in terms of nutritional value. Um, I also like to get a lot of proteins through and eggs as well, if it's possible, but through like cow shares, if you have the space. Oh yes. We've talked about this. Yeah. I mean, talk about batching and effort. (laughs) Um, if you have the space and the ability to get like a little deep freeze or something like that and look up, I want to say it's eatwild.org. It's a okay. miracle if my brain remembered that accurately <laughs> just now. Um, but there's this website where you can look up and see where there are local ranchers and farmers yeah. near you and see if you want to get in on a, these usually cow shares usually come in like a quarter, a half or a whole. And I've, I've gotten a half once upon a time, and that was a lot of beef. Um, <laughs> But, you know, that's a great way to reduce the total cost per pound of what you're getting. And you're going to get a mixture in there of like a lot of ground beef, some roasts, a brisket, and maybe even some really nice steaks out of it. But the cost per pound kind of evens out. And so um, thinking about it that way as best you can and how you can move through. And then what I get at the grocery store, it's kind of a lot of just produce and things mm-hmm. like my children are going to turn into giant raspberries and walk away. Like they just go <laughs> through raspberries so fast. So those are the things I find myself buying over and over again. And then also to not skip over the last tip I have, um, shop the, shop the center aisles and shop the sales always. Mm-hmm. Even if you have, you know, some protein at home in the freezer, I still, and like, I usually do, I will still walk by the, um, all of the meat counters and just see what kind of a deal there is. Yeah. Maybe they've got a really great deal on something random like turkey tenderloins, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, these are pasture turkey tenderloins and they're just extremely marked down. Shop those, lean into those, grab them while you can at a really good price and either make them or freeze them for later. The same thing goes in the produce section, go to those big center aisles, mm-hmm. like the big center displays and where there's a sale, if they're usually on sale, if you think basic economics, right? Supply yeah. and demand, it could be that a local farm, all yeah. of their peaches just came into season, <laughs> you know, and they're all available now. And so there's going to be a little bit of a discount because they didn't have to travel very far, right? To get to you right. and there's an abundance of them. And so lean into those and see if you can stock up where you want. Um, and then the last tip I have, sorry, this turned into be a long answer. No, this is great. Okay. The last tip I've got is to don't discount the freezer section. Yes. Yeah. I feel like people do a lot. Yeah. We tend to think that frozen fruits and vegetables are somehow lesser than mm-hmm. the fruits and vegetables in the fresh produce section. And while there's the impact of more packaging, and that's unfortunate mm-hmm. in the pro, in the fr- freezer section, Sometimes you can find food because it was harvested, just like the peach example, Mm -hmm. right? Because it was harvested at the peak of being in season and ripeness, and there was probably an abundance of it. There's a good chance that the price of that really high quality, really fresh corn Mm -hmm. 
going to be lower than what you might find in the fresh section. And because it was frozen at peak harvest, those nutrients for the most part are going to be preserved. Right. The texture is going to be different, you know, frozen fruits and vegetables, you either want to cook them or blend them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't toss these into a salad right. <laughs> uh, to eat fresh necessarily, but they can be a great option. I think that's a good point too. So what well, I live in Illinois and we have a lot of corn here um, in the Midwest. And so like right now, like sweet corn is in season and you'll find it at the farmer's markets. And as that starts winding down, it'll go on sale and you can get a lot more of it. And I think like you could even buy that and then either cook it and freeze it or just like cut it off the cob and freeze it. You know, there, my aunt, grows a ton of tomatoes. And we were talking about how she just dices them up and then freezes them and then cooks with them all winter long. And they're fresh. They're from her garden. And I guess I had never really thought about, we have a garden as well, but like preserving it. I mean, you can, I'm not into the canning. I feel like I don't have, that's not where I'm at in my life just yet. Um, but to cut it up and freeze it, like I can do that because I just always thought you had to blanch it first, Mm -hmm. but I guess that would be if you were going to defrost it and eat it raw. Yeah. Um, So then to cook with it or to throw it in something, um, that's so easy. It is. And we do that with our tomatoes as well. Um, I'll take whole tomatoes and throw them into, uh, like quart size bags and Mm -hmm. those I'm able to reuse them every year. And what's great about it is they will, as they thaw, the skin separates from the tomato. And so I'm able to just pinch the skins off. And then I essentially have like, you know, the whole canned tomatoes used to make some really nice Italian dishes, for example, Mm -hmm. and other flavors. Mm -hmm. Um, But you essentially have that ready to go. And it's so convenient Um, And it's already done for you. And there was no prep I had to do. I just pulled them off the vine and put them in a bag. It's so, we have, so I let Rebel, when we did our garden this year, I just let her like dump the seed packets. So she picked this packets and then essentially she just dumped a whole packet in each hole. And I just assumed, you know, that things would die off. And we had so many seedlings. So so now I, I thinned them out before they all grew, but even still we have a, type of tomato that I didn't know existed. And they're like pearl size. They're called tiny Tim's. Oh, cute. They're so cute, but it's a bush. It is like, I Googled it. I look, I'm like, what is happening? And this bush has just taken over my entire garden. So we have tons of these, we have honey tomatoes and then these little red tiny Tim's. And they're, they're so good to just like if I'm roasting veggies, I throw a handful there. Or if I'm making salad, we just wash and put a handful there or like pack them in Rebel's lunch because she'll just eat them raw and plain. I love it. Yeah. So I think I've been trying to figure out like, what am I going to do with the rest of this harvest? And mm-hmm. I think I'll freeze it there and you go. have them, you know, in the rest of the year or make salsa, you know, yeah. I can do that stuff too. But um, that's such a great idea. I love it. So I want to shift gears. Do you still have a little time? It's Oh yeah, I okay. do. Okay. So I know I want to, if you're willing, talk about the business side of things just a little bit, because um, I, I really do admire you as an entrepreneur. And I listened to your driven podcast with Diane. I, I can never say her last name. I feel Filippo. Filippo. Okay. Yes. Um, of balance bites and so what I'm curious about, I work with a lot of creative entrepreneurs 
who have started a business like from a hobby. So they started a creative hobby as an outlet from raising young kids from, you know, like just a creative passion that they've now built into a business. So that is no longer their outlet because it's their business. Yes. And I was wondering if that applies in this situation. Like if you started the blog and maybe if you just want to elaborate on that or like maybe the history of it too, a little bit. I would love to. Yeah. So I started Fed and Fit. It's been 10 years. Oh my gosh. I know. Isn't that wild? Congratulations. Thank you so much. It was this summer and I was sharing that with the team recently and they were like, wait a second, (laughs) we just had a decade anniversary. Did you celebrate? And I was like, no. Oh, well, we can talk about the importance of celebrating too. (laughs) I know it'd be really, I was like, I'll get to it. I got to get over, I got to get through some of these projects. Yeah. Um, But yeah, so it's uh, 10 years ago, I started as a personal blog and it was a hobby and it was that kind of creative outlet for a very long time. And I got to be honest with you, I have never lost that oh, with good. Fed and Fit. Um, now there are elements mm-hmm. of, of the business that I'm like, I guess, I guess the time is upon me yeah. to really figure out how to, you know, study a PL, you know, mm-hmm. to the nth degree. Like, yeah. That's that season is here and I don't necessarily enjoy all of the aspects of the business or like writing policy. I don't enjoy that yeah. kind of thing. But the spirit and the thing that lit me up from the beginning was problem solving, was sharing lessons learned, was being creative in the kitchen. It was exploring photography, as silly as that sounds, yeah. maybe. And not that it's silly, but it's just it's something that I still enjoy. Mm-hmm. you know, and, um, and being able to create new things out of what feels like nothing. There's so much fun that comes with that. And then being able to find people to do it with, you know, yeah. and create it has always been on my heart to create great jobs for great people. And I'm finally at a position in my career where I get to do that. And so in a lot of ways, the job still feels like I cannot believe this is what I get to do for work. And I love it. I mean, the book, um, Fed and Fit is we spend most of our time, I can talk a little bit of shop here, but like Mm -hmm. most of Fed and Fit, the team and the company as a whole is focused on supporting the website, right? So a lot of our energy goes into the website and goes into optimizing for search engines and goes to creating new content and all these things to be able to find and support more people, right. support the people we have really well and support new people really well. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much what the team does. And so writing books and doing all these other things, this is like where I get to, you know, wow. fly my freak flag. Yeah. This is where I get, I get to really just Amazing. go have fun and, you know, do something that I, yes, the benefit, the business benefits from it, but you know, books are not how a business financially operates for the most part. Right. There are some people, I mean, there's like what, I'm sure there are mega authors out there (laughs) that um, can build a really substantial business off of writing books. But I have found that a more sustainable revenue stream that supports a more consistent team is by way of the website. So I still get to kind of play is what I'm trying to get at. You know, I get to play, I get to experiment with new ideas, new solutions, and really, I feel like stay on the front line 
of the business and in putting out the latest and greatest things. I think that's, that's such a good point to bring up. And it sounds like what you're doing is mitigating the burnout factor. Like when you have, like if you, if you didn't have such a great team that could help support you and like run the website at this point of 10 years of running a blog, you'd probably be a little burnt out or bored with, with just the process itself. And so I think it's great that you have these other avenues of creation. And one thing I always suggest to my clients is like to go create something for themselves, like, Mm -hmm. and maybe for you, it's like developing a recipe that you don't have to share. But then once you love it, like I had a client who she was playing around with creating her own, um, she's a candle maker and like creating her own cement candle holders or like that you, she would then pour the wax into. And it was just a fun project. And I, it was her homework to not like put that in her shop, <laughs> like just play with it, yes. have fun creating on your own. And then she ended up loving it so much. And she shared it on Instagram, you know, just for fun. And then of course people are like, how can we buy it? You know? So, so it ended up there anyway, but I think that's such an important part of the creative process and just like refresh for your, a refresh for yourself to like have that creative outlet. It is something that I've taken up recently to your, to your point is sketching. I have a friend who, I have a friend who she's a, she's a very gifted artist. And she was telling me about how she was working on redecorating her house and all this stuff. And some of the art she was hanging up. And I asked her, I was like, how do you find art? And she's like, well, it's it's my art. It blew my mind. (laughs) And I was like, I want to create art for our home. Yes. And so, um, you know, just started sketching and I don't necessarily, of course, if you, if you're an entrepreneur, it is really hard to turn yeah. that switch off in right. your brain where you're like, what can I do with this? You know, yeah. I've, always, <laughs> I've always wanted to write a children's book. Could I also illustrate the children's yeah. book maybe one day? But like, it's, it's really at this stage to what you're talking about. It's that stage of it's just pure and it's for myself. Mm-hmm. And it's a way that I can sit with our girls and draw and be like, you know, you pick out something and I'll draw, I'll draw whatever you pick out. Oh, that's like a really fun activity. Um, and that's something, and I think it's because I was ready for something else. Whereas like gardening, for example, Mm -hmm. was this thing that I started for myself. And then I was like, well, I'm going to blog about this so I can (laughs) tell people. And then it became work. (laughs) Yes, exactly. We had one of my clients, she started gardening and then And she works so hard on her little seedlings inside and our puppies are like the same age and she put the seedlings in the ground and that dog just went to town and dug them all up. And she was so upset that day that she could not speak to any, like she didn't speak to the rest of her family. She like texted me about it and then, you know, she was fine. But yeah, I think it's just, it. and my best friend, Kate, who you met a little while ago, we talk about this a lot too in in terms of just making that time for yourself, mm-hmm. like as a, a mom and an entrepreneur or a working mom, anyone who wears all of those hats and like, how do you prioritize that time for yourself? So you sketch with the little ones, but is there any, anything you do just for Cassie? Oh man, things that I do just for me. I mean, I could, I could put like my Bible study in that category, yeah. you know, um, my readings, things like that. Oh gosh, I'm in a tough season right now. It's, you know, I really, I don't do this often. And I, and I 
sprint for just a very specific mm-hmm. period of time, but I'm sprinting right now, which prob- which means in some ways I'm burning the candle at both yeah. ends. Um, so it doesn't leave a whole lot of wiggle room, but you know, there are connecting with friends. I have found that when I'm feeling a little not well, like I'm not caring for myself in terms of time and space, right? Um, That if I connect with friends and family members, people who I miss, who I'd like to talk to, that usually helps. Um, And then also, this is such a tiny little thing, but carving out margins in the car. I have a 10 minute drive. It's very short to my house and to the office. And so I will just be like, no, I use Voxer a lot mm-hmm. for like my office. It's an app, walkie talkie app. And I will resist the urge to get caught up on my Voxer messages. Yeah. I won't listen to the podcast or the audiobook, And I'll just drive in silence for 10 minutes, you know, home. Mm-hmm. And my personality type, I really like to maximize all of these moments. <laughs> feel like I should be listening to that audiobook that yeah. I like with the team. We're all reading through together and all these things. Or I should get caught up on Voxer. But being able to give myself little bitty margins and little bitty bookends, mm-hmm. parts of my day, again, batching, it feels like those efforts, um, that that can sometimes help, especially during a sprinting busy season. Now, when I'm not like this, I do. Uh, there are things that I do just for myself, like um, grocery shopping. That sounds so mm-hmm. silly. I yeah. love going to the grocery store. It is, is an indulgent activity in my world. <laughs> <laughs> I will go, I'll get like a nice drink, you mm-hmm. know, and just stroll around and oh. read all the labels. I just love it. Yeah. If you're not in a rush, I feel like every time I'm at the grocery store, I'm like 10 minutes. How, how you know, how yes. can we get through this store and try not to forget anything? Yes. So I think, I mean, and I think you touched on a good point too, which is that the seasons of business and then, and just knowing that the season is temporary and it is a sprint. It doesn't mean it's easy, but um, just knowing it's temporary, I think is helpful. And a lot of the people I work with, they'll be like their holiday season is their, their sprint, you know? And so in planning for that and communicating with your team or the people in your life, I think is really helpful too. It is. It really is. You know, uh, my husband, Austin, that's something that he and I try to do really carefully is make sure that we know when the other busy season is, you know, and right. we just over communicate around that so that we're really able to support one another. And also in working with, I don't know if your listeners um, work in a team similar to this, but when you are working with a group of people, it can be so nice to know like y'all, yeah. this, is, this is a period of time. Yes. And then we'll all go out and celebrate and right. take a deep breath. Um, and it's just, I think managing expectations is one way to drastically reduce the stress that you could be felt during a season like this. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, well, so I had a question for you too about when you started, when you wrote your first cookbook, um, you didn't have kids yet, Right. Right. So it's interesting. I mean, it's so helpful for families. So when, have you always been this creative and this mindful of your like cooking with families and with, for community? Um, You know, cooking for people has always been something that I really enjoyed. I, my first adventures in the kitchen were when I was, um, I'm the oldest of three girls and we, 
you know, they wouldn't have wanted to say that their older sister was babysitting them yeah. when I was old enough to stay home with them. Right. Yeah. I would also volunteer to make them dinner. Oh, that's nice. And the only thing I really knew how to make, and it was because I really liked to make it, was fettuccine Alfredo. <laughs> and so I just like started, and it was never the same twice. I never wrote it down, never really followed a method. And I would just kind of flutey flew, like play with new ingredients and new things. My sisters loved it. I loved it. And I started, it just from a very young age, started to nurture this like connection mm-hmm. between the joy of creating a meal and what I get when somebody is can can enjoy it. Mm. And it was fun, it was creative, and it was fulfilling and satisfying. And it just started to, I think from a very young age, get me very interested in food. And then even in college, I joked that like my after going out with my friends <laughs> in college, um, I would yeah. a lot of people would no shame, but they would drive through Taco Bell and I'd be like, no, thanks. Right. <laughs> I, I have what I my the, the food that I craved was I'd get home and I'd have crusty bread. This is before I realized that wheat gluten really <laughs> bothers my stomach. If you can eat it, please eat it. Someone right. needs to. Um, but I would make this like essentially a crostini and I would saute some tomatoes with some calamari <laughs> olives and I would put it on this bread and I would just eat these sauteed tomatoes on this crusty garlic bread. And that's what I craved at 3 a.m. Oh and it was God. just like playing with food. It's always been something that I've just been really compelled to uh, to play with. That is so funny. I I was not um not in a place where I could have been cooking. I think one time we tried to put a pizza in and it like fell over like onto the, the oven door. We were trying it was it was late and we probably should have been in bed and I get it. I had those experiences too. And I did eat my fair share of tortillas and queso. Don't get me wrong, but <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I think that's a great place to, to wrap it up. I really want to be mindful of your time today. So um, if there's anything else you want to share with the listeners about the topics of the book or um, and definitely share how they can get in touch with you and where they can buy the book. Yes. Thank you so much. So Cook Once Dinner Fix, it's available pretty much everywhere books are sold. And if you pre-order it before it comes out, uh, you actually get locked in to the lowest possible price that it hits between in the whole pre-order campaign. So that's a really smart thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have a bunch of gifts for folks who take that leap of faith because pre-ordering really helps the book do really well. Uh, and so as a thank you, we have a couple ebooks, an invitation to a launch party, all kinds of fun stuff. So you can find all of that info over on fedandfit.com. And then I'm the most active on social media over on Instagram at fedandfit. Yes. Thank you so much for being here. And I'll just add, so even if the cookbook, maybe the cookbook, it's like, okay, yeah, I'm interested, but just go check out this launch funnel, like see how you launch a book and how you, the freebies and how you um, really tap into your customer base. Because I feel like And Kate and I talk about it all the time, but we just feel like you're talking to us, you know, and that is like the best marketing ever when it's so specific that you feel like they're speaking directly to you. So thank you so much for all that you do and your team too. They're just that you guys have been wonderful to communicate with as well. Oh, thank you so much. It means a lot. This has been a treat. Oh, good. Same here. I hope you have a good evening. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Hi friends, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Marketing for the Uninhibited podcast. 
Don't forget to subscribe so you never miss a marketing or journal prompt episode. And please leave a review so more people can find us. Are we friends on Instagram yet? Head over to at marketing uninhibited to say hi and let me know what parts of marketing you're struggling with. If you're ready to take your business to the next level with a customized four-week marketing action plan, visit marketinguninhibited.com to schedule your free 30-minute discovery call today. And remember, marketing your business can be simple, doable, and fun. <laughs>